0: Last night I was writing the rest of the show and I came across a a YouTube video of Bonnie Raitt at 1989 concert. Turn that on, I really got to remembering when I was 19 and 20 why she was the second sexiest woman who ever lived. I still happen to think she's the third sexiest woman now and she's aged well. Those older concerts have helped remind me of why I enjoyed listening to her in the first place. That was just a little hit of nostalgia. I uh, would recommend that you all go out on YouTube and search for uh, Bonnie Raitt. Concerts, and there are several uh, full length concerts that you can look at and enjoy. On to the show. We have over 100 years of wonderful recorded music out there, so why do most people listen to the same 100 songs? Like the treasures on the shelves of a thrift shop, there are so many great songs out there waiting for us to find. Let's find those treasures together. I am David Rankin, and this is The Old Mill Shop. Greetings, fellow shoppers. Let's get right into the music. Uh, for our first item of the day, we're going to just talk about an album of the month. We're going to go through once a month and pick a an older album that's either a concept album or album that is more than the sum of its parts and talk about how that album together makes a better piece of art than the individual songs they're on. First one that we want to talk about, is Days of Future Past. Uh, the band, the Moody Blues, started out as kind of a blues band in England. Nothing special about them. And their first album didn't go anywhere. Uh, they they recorded for Decca Records, which had a new recording process that was really good with orchestra music. And Decca wanted... The, the allegation is that uh, Decca wanted... The Moody Blues to record Dvorak's uh, Symphony Number no. Nine, um, use that through their new uh, recording process. The, the earliest that story has appeared is very late, so we can't really trust it. However, we do know that Decca said, "Hey, let's go get this orchestra, you guys." may put some music and we'll put the orchestra in between your all's recordings and it'll sound great in the process the Moody blues created the first progressive rock Album, and in my opinion, one of the top 20 albums ever. So the band decided, let's talk about the theme of a day in the life of man. You're gonna start out in the morning, kind of ease into it, work in the day, day gets busy, get out at night, get off work, go home. Obviously, the night is your time for yourself and your family and your wife. So the band put this album together and such. It's in seven tracks, even though there's technically about 10 or 11 what they call songs with the, most of the tracks having one or two songs on them each. For the most part that doesn't really bother you unless you want a uh, singles um, version of Tuesday Afternoon or Nights and White Satin which are obviously available. The album starts with The Day Begins and Dawn is a Feeling. The Day Begins starts as an instrumental for the orchestra and then the band. Then the band puts a poem on the record. Dawn and the Feeling is a singing track that talks about the joy of the morning. Fun fact, the orchestra plays and the band plays. They don't play together until the very end of the album, Nights in White Sack. Then you get to the song Another Morning. It's an easy morning feel. It's light and airy and eases you into the day Um, as you move into the the track lunch break and peak hour these songs start pacing up you can feel oh it's busy it's this it's a city street you gotta get to here get to there do this do that and finally we get to the first of the two songs that they released as a single uh, from this album Tuesday Afternoon, although technically on the album it's called Forever Afternoon, with Tuesday in parentheses, and Time to Get Away. I absolutely adore Tuesday Afternoon. You can can play it as a standalone single, and it's a very good single, but it fits in with the album so well as well. Then you get to the evening track, Sunset and Twilight Time. It's a wind-down track. There's, unfortunately, there's not a lot that makes it stand out on its own, but as part of the album, it's a very good set of uh, tracks as well. But then, of course, you get the piece de resistance of the album, Knights in White Satin. This is the song you came for. Nights in White Satin is when the orchestra and the band put it together and it's one of the strongest songs in modern rock history. I absolutely adore it. It's one of my favorites. I could listen to the album again and again. I have done so. It's one of my most played albums and this song is one of my favorite songs to listen to individually. It's an incredible song. And unfortunately, the weakest part of the album is right at the end. I don't know what they could have done other than simply stopping to make the end of the album. But Late Lament kind of drags on anticlimactically after you've listened to the end of uh, Nights in White Satin. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about how this album almost caused me not to get married when... Today's 2-for-1 special, Believe, by Share. So before we get to today's 2-for-1 special, let's go over this week's Music Minute songs. Monday, the Vintage Corner had Iceman by Memphis Minnie. Tuesday, we had Cold as Ice by Foreigner. Wednesday, we had Icy Blue Heart by John Hyatt. Thursday was Cold, Cold Heart by Hike Williams. And Friday was Heart of Stone by share. This coming week, we're not going to do a theme song week. Instead, we're going back to random picks. We do our random picks for the Music Minute by allowing Apple Music to randomly select from my uh, personal playlist and cover those five songs next week. We'll go through each of those and then have a two-for-one special for uh, next Friday. We are, however, going to continue vacation videos from Scotland and Iceland for one more week because I do have a few videos left to share. So we are going to share those videos and then switch to a non-segmented format the next week. So today's two-for-one special is Believe by Share. We're putting, presenting this less in its own merits although it's an incredibly good song uh and a and a hit that would normally disqualify it for both our two for one special and our music minutes but it stands in such contrast to heart of stone Uh, heart of stone Cher wants to shut away from love and turn off instead believe talks about how she doesn't think her ex-lover believes that she can recover thematically it's a fight song. She is going to come back from it. In addition to the woman power, the theme, this was the first song uh, that commercially used autotune. And unfortunately, it's the, both the best and worst thing that could have happened to this song and the industry. I love the way that Sherry used autotune in this video, but I hate that she introduced it for the rest of the world. In this video, Rather than use it to fix her voice, she's using it to use her voice as an instrument. She's changing the pitch, changing the frequency. She's making her her voice an instrument without programming it into like a synthesizer or a keyboard like some other people would have in the 80s. However, she introduced autotune, and now there's all kinds of washed-up singers who are making their mark. <laughs> Told everyone in the end of segment one, the days of future past and night and white satin almost got me dumped before I got married, and it's quite true. The summer before I proposed to Paula, I started playing a game called Laser Quest that cost enough money that I used up most of my spending money on the game. She wasn't in town, and I only saw her every weekend or every other weekend sometimes, um, depending on how busy she was. So it was easy for me to spend a little more money than I really should have, especially being A 20-year-old, not a lot of uh, forward thinking on on spending. We met up one weekend and Paula said, I want to go to the Moody Blues. And I had to tell her I didn't have the money to go to the Moody Blues. And she sat down and looked at me and said, you don't have the money to go to Moody Blues because you went to Laser Quest instead. And boy, was I in trouble. Fortunately, it was not that much trouble. And we survived. But we never did go and see the Moody Blues, unfortunately. The problem at the time was, while I enjoyed some concerts, I actually did not like live music. My problem was, at the time, I enjoyed the nearly perfect style of studio recording that was in vogue. Jeff Lynn and George Harrison were putting an album together before the Traveling Wilburys. And the two of them actually came up with the name Wilbury because they started joking that every time they came across a problem in the recording that they would, they'd look at each other and say, we'll bury it in the mix. We'll bury that. We'll bury that. Okay, we'll bury that. Until it became Wilbury. And that's how the traveling Wilburys became the Wilburys. At the time it was common to bury any little problems with a uh, album in the mix so it sounded perfect and you could never quite replicate that in a live recording or in a live performance so i thought that well these live performances are nice but they're not they're not the same and they're not as good, why should I want to see that? With the development of autotune, and with the development of computerized instruments and computerized playing, we can actually now develop the perfect song. All the instruments play in perfect pitch, in perfect harmony together. They produce the perfect sound. The singer is absolutely pitch perfect, absolutely on every mark, no wandering we can create the perfect song. And then when we give it to someone, it triggers the uncanny valley response. The uncanny valley response is, wait a minute, this isn't quite real and I don't like it. We can tell that music that's too perfect is too good. We don't like it. Part of our brains appreciation for music is the little mistakes and the the combinations of imperfect people putting music together in almost but not perfect harmony as i've gotten older i've learned that hey new versions of music are interesting and a live version has its own joys and their its own features independent of how good or not good the studio version is. So that I now can much more appreciate going and seeing a live concert. More and more of the older stuff that I like, those people aren't touring. On the other hand, there are all kinds of new and interesting artists who are touring and that we can follow. When I see someone I like, I'll make sure to mention them here on the show. So on that note, we're at the end of this uh, old Mill Shop. Until next time, this is David Rankin. Keep shopping. Please come back for the next episode of The Old Mill Shop. Thanks to Apple for use of the Samantha voice. Thanks to Zapsplat at www.zapsplat.com for theme song and incidental music. Copyright David W. Rankin Jr., DBA The Old Mill Shop Music Experience.